You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Today, we are going to do a year-end mailbag. i uh, got a big collection of all your questions that you guys sent in on Twitter uh, that we're going to answer here before the Jets play their final game of the regular season against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, going to go for about a half hour or so. Thank you again for so many questions. We're going to cover a, a wide range of topics here. Uh, before we dive in, just a reminder to subscribe, rate, review this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Also check out last week's episode with Manish Mehta, uh, definitely one of our more interesting and in-depth interviews of this season. This is going to be the last podcast uh, of 2019. Uh, it's going to be our last in-season podcast. Uh, really appreciate everybody listening, interacting, engaging with the show throughout what's been yet another disappointing season for the team. And uh, particularly excited for this offseason. We're going to take on a new project uh, with this show uh, that I'm really excited to share some details about in the coming weeks. And we'll have that information out there shortly. Uh, but we'll be spending the early part of January working on something a little different than we've done the past few off-seasons. Of course, we'll still have all our normal coverage as the off-season is generally the most entertaining time for this football team, which we're going to talk about today as we dive into free agency and the draft. But uh, we will have something a little new for you guys who regularly listen to this show that I think everyone's going to like a lot. So with all of that, let's dive into your Twitter questions. I am answering these on Christmas Eve in the morning before the holiday madness starts up too much. This is probably going to run Thursday, the day after Christmas, as it stands right now. The expectation seems to be that the Buffalo Bills are going to rest their starters as they have nothing to play for. They're locked into the five seed in the AFC, probably playing at Houston uh, wildcard weekend, meaning this is in many ways going to kind of be like a preseason game. Uh, the Jets are obviously still pretty banged up. I think anyone who's probably borderline, they would rest. Uh, we'll see what happens with Buffalo. Still should be a good test um, for Sam Darnold going up and playing in a, in a tough place. Uh, even if Buffalo is playing some of their backups on defense. So worth watching for that reason alone. Jets currently at 6-9 and nine, uh, with a win, would move to 7-9, and nine, a, a, win, a record that I would say probably looks a little more impressive than it actually is when you consider some of the teams that they lost to. But all things considered, you are what your record says you are. So 7-9 is 7-9 and nine, uh, and stays right on pace with basically what Adam Gase's average wins per year has been uh, through his four years as a head coach in the NFL. All right, let's jump into your questions. First one comes from at Israel DM7. Do you have more, less, or equal confidence in Sam Darnold that he is the guy going forward versus the beginning of the year? Um, I think my confidence level is probably about the same, if not a touch higher. I, I don't see 
I, I was confident that Darnold would be a second contract quarterback here uh, and a potential uh, you know, top 10-ish starter after his rookie year. I still feel like that is the ceiling for him, if not even a little bit higher. Uh, I don't think he made a massive jump this year. I don't think he had a massively disappointing this year. I think when you factor in all the context for everything going around him this year, I think he's been somewhere between okay and pretty good. And I still think that he will be the starting quarterback next year. I think he'll be the starting quarterback the year after. Uh, and I think he's very, very likely to get a second contract from this team. Uh, where he ultimately nets out overall in the league as a starting quarterback, that's hard to say at this point because some of that is out of his hands. He's dealing with what I would say is a, a mediocre coach uh, and probably a bottom <clears throat> you know, five to seven offensive line. Has a decent collection of skill position players, although not one of the best in the league. I think the Jets will work to continue to upgrade that. And I think, you know, overall Jet fans should feel pretty good about the quarterback position right now. I think the real question is, can they get better with their offensive game planning and can they add more talent at key positions on both sides of the football? So I, I don't think that Jet fans should be panicked right now that Darnold can't be the guy. He will be the guy next year, barring something insane. He will be the guy the year after. Uh, and that bodes well for someone as young as him who has only two years under his belt so far. Next question from Danny Bags one Why is Adam Gase getting so, so much credit for the win? This is referring to the Pittsburgh game. Well, I haven't even heard Greg Williams' name brought up. Well, look, I mean, Greg Williams is the primary reason the Jets are 6-9 and nine right now. Uh, it's not really a complicated deep dive. The Jets have a, you know, a top 8-12 to 12 defense, depending on what metric you look towards, and they have arguably the worst offense in the NFL, depending on what metric you look for. You know, the Pittsburgh game was really an interesting microcosm of their entire season. The Jets come out, go right down the field and score a touchdown. They've been great on opening drives this year. And then basically do nothing the rest of the game on offense. The Jets have basically averaged 1.6 offensive touchdowns per game this year. Uh, so they're scoring one to two touchdowns, depending on who they're playing. This past week it was one. Uh, but defensively, you know, they forced, I, I think it was three turnovers uh, of Duck Hodges and a little bit of Mason Rudolph. Uh, they sacked him a few times, and they came up with a few big stops late. And Greg Williams has obviously been dealing with plenty of injuries this year. And look, I was somewhat skeptical of the Greg Williams hire. I thought he was a little bit overrated coming in uh, by some fans, and I've been completely wrong on that front. And I'm happy to admit that, and I've said that a few times this year. He's been terrific this season considering the circumstances and is really operating in a silo as the head coach of the defense. And, you know, you take away – Greg Williams and Brant Boyer both being excellent this year, not just good, but excellent. The Jets are probably a three-win team right now. You know, their defense won them that game against Pittsburgh. Their defense really won them the game against Miami where they held them to seven field goals and had them out of, held them out of the end zone. Uh, and then even if you go back to Dallas, a game they narrowly won when their offense really kind of shut down in the second half after a big first half, the defense was able to do enough to hold on and make the big stop on the two-point conversion late to win that game. So, you know, you take away the Jets' defense. That doesn't even factor in the Giants' game where Jamal Adams really had the difference-making touchdown. I don't know where this team is right now, and Greg Williams deserves a lot of credit, and Adam Gase should be very grateful uh, to him uh, and to Gase's credit that it's been a good hire for him uh, because the Jets' defense and special teams have scored six touchdowns this year, which is the second most in the NFL, uh, which helps compensate for the Jets having the 31st most offensive touchdowns in the NFL. Uh, next question from Brett the Jet. 
What has Joe Douglas seen that would make him trust Adam Gase moving forward? That is, if he doesn't think he's the right guy for the job, is there still a chance he pushes CJ to let Gase go? Pretty terrible resume for Gase to hang his hat on. I still get this question a decent amount, and I understand why. Jet fans need to accept the reality that Adam Gase is going to be the team's head coach next year and that there's at least a 50% chance he's their coach the year after. Chris Johnson, from everything we've heard, everything I've heard, is completely smitten with this guy. He's still the acting owner. We don't know if and when Woody Johnson is coming back, and it's going to be an adjustment period, I'm sure, when he comes back. Gase is going to be here next year. Uh, Gase was here before Douglas, and while Douglas has a longer-term contract and more job security, theoretically... The Jets are not making a move on their head coach right now. And, you know, I let's say the Jets beat Buffalo's backups and go seven and nine. I think based on what we've seen from Gase's history, based on what we know about the Jets schedule next year and how much pragmatically they could improve in the offseason, they're probably looking at another seven and nine or eight and eight season. And I think if they win seven, eight or maybe even nine games next year. Uh, Gase is definitely going to be back. And even if they went 6-10 and 10 next year, I could see Chris Johnson finding a way to make an excuse to keep him around. It would really take them bottoming out for him to be fired after next year. And, you know, with Gase, I think, I think you know, Manish made this – was a good point in our last podcast. He's not Rich Kotai. The Jets are not going to go 2-14 and 14 with him. I think what might almost be worse is that they're going to kind of be stuck in that six to nine win range. So they're going to win some games and have a couple really impressive performances, but they're going to be really inconsistent. They're going to be bad on offense and they're going to be bad on the road. And those have been consistent trends for Adam Gase's teams. Look at his road record compared to his home record. This year has been no different. Jets are going to be two and six or one and seven on the road and five and three at home. And that last year, Miami was one and seven on the road. And I think five and three, uh, at home or six and two at home, something like that. Uh, and that's been a consistent trend for him. So, you know, I don't think the Jets are ever going to be a three and 13 or four and 12 team under Adam Gase. I just don't know if they'll ever win more than nine games. And I think they win nine games next year. If kind of, if everything breaks right, looking at what their travel schedule is going to be like. Uh, but I think he's going to be the guy. I think it's just the situation. And I think that's why myself and a lot of other friends are fr- fans are frustrated because you can kind of see how this is playing out and you're kind of stuck in that middle of the road mediocrity that Miami was stuck in and decided to rip the Band-Aid off and go full tank. And they're going to win, you know, two less games in the Jets this year, despite gutting their entire roster, uh, but have a lot more draft picks and a lot more flexibility than the Jets will going forward. <clears throat> you're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Next question from Will Pearson. Given what we know after nearly two years, have your feelings changed at all about the Jets failing to land Kirk Cousins versus trading up for Darnold? Uh, they haven't. I mean, again, recency bias this is fresh off watching Kirk Cousins get the crap kicked out of him by the Packers in prime time. I I just think giving that much money to Cousins 
uh, would have been really a constricting move, and the upside to it is so much lower than what the Jets could theoretically get from Darnold, even though these first couple years have not been successful for the franchise. So, you know, you look at Minnesota, year one of that Cousins contract, they don't make the playoffs. Year two, they're going to be the sixth seed in the NFC, so that's making the playoffs to their credit. I don't think anyone would be surprised if they were knocked out wild card weekend, uh, especially what we just saw from that game against the Packers last night. I don't know if they're going to stay with Cousins for year three, but if they do, I think you know you're going to go those three years without probably winning a playoff game. Uh, now that could be the same for you know the Jets with Darnold in his first three years, but it's a cheaper overall contract, and you have Darnold for hopefully ten more years after that. Whereas with Cousins, you know the Vikings are going to have to make a decision about what they want to do with him. So you know. In a vacuum, there was an argument to be made for the Jets to go after Cousins. Offering them as much money as they did, uh, it's probably for the best he did not accept it. And I still like Darnold's upside enough long term uh, to not feel bad that Kirk Cousins signed that contract. Next question from Danny Wilson. Which of this year's issues problems are you the most confident in the Jets fixing this offseason? And which issue do you see lingering on into next season? Really good question. I think... um, you know, I, I look defensively, and I don't think they're that far away. They've been really good this year uh, with a lot of different pieces going through. I think we regularly throw cornerback in as sort of this major problem area that needs to be fixed. And I could see the Jets making, you know, one strategic addition at cornerback, either through the draft or free agency, and feeling really good overall about what their secondary looks like because guys like Bless Austin, and even to a lesser extent, Arthur Maul have been pretty good this year. Uh, Brian Poole has been great in the slot. You have to expect him to be back. Um, and then in the front seven, really just need an edge rusher. That's kind of the missing piece. And is that addressed in free agency? Is that addressed in the draft? I don't know. But I think defensively, especially with C.J. Mosley coming back, uh, they should be a really good unit again next year, which kind of seems to be a repeating thing for the Jets here. Good defense, not as good offense. I think offensive line is going to be hard to fully fix and revamp in the offseason. I think off- the Jets' offensive line really in the back half of the year has stabilized a little bit since Kelvin Beecham has been healthy and Alex Lewis has been a regular starter. I would say they're a, a bottom five to seven unit in the NFL. I don't think they're the worst unit in the NFL. I don't think they're an historically bad unit. I think sometimes it's been exaggerated a little bit just how bad it is. Uh, I think they have a chance to move to being a middle-of-the-pack unit next year. Uh, the thought that they're going to be able to add three to four elite starters and become a great unit overnight is probably misguided. So, you know, one of the things that Jet fans got to accept is that th- there's not going to be ideal circumstances next year. Everything is not going to be perfect around Sam Darnold and Adam Gase. And they're going to have to overcome probably having some deficiencies on their roster and dealing with injuries again. Injuries happen every year. They might just happen at a different position next year. You know, Jets have been banged up on the offensive line this year. They also got. 16 games out of their two best receivers in Crowder and Anderson and 15 games out of their lead running back, Le'Veon Bell, uh, and Montgomery and Powell have been available all year. So maybe next year the offensive line stays more healthy, but some of those guys get banged up. So there's going to be injuries every year. Uh, You just want to add more depth. And I do think the Jets are going to do everything in their power to improve the offensive line. It's going to be more than a one-year remake, and I think the ceiling for them next year is probably a middle-of-the-road unit, which hopefully is good enough uh, to protect Donald and help him take the next step. Next question from at Le'Veon's Bells. Do you think if Douglas is what he's made out to be, can we be a playoff contender going into next year? Um, it depends. It's hard to say. The NFL is such a year-to-year league. I think Douglas has a very good resume and reputation coming here, uh, which Jet fans should be excited about. I do think 
there's a lot of work to be done uh, on this roster, thanks to Mike McCadden. And I do think that there's a lot of work to be done because they have a really mediocre offensive coaching staff, which means you have to be almost perfect. If everything is not perfect for Adam Gase and Dowell Loggins and the rest of that staff, they're not going to score. So Douglas has to really hit a home run across the board. Is it out of the question the Jets can make the playoffs next year? Of course not. Things go happen year to year. Who knows what's going to happen with New England? Who knows Buffalo is going to regress a lot? They do have a really hard schedule, though. And you you know, you know could tap dance around that all you want. They have to travel a lot. They had as easy as a schedule as you possibly could have this year. And that's why a team like Buffalo taking advantage of that and making the playoffs you know, is a nice job taking advantage of that opportunity. I think for the Jets – you know, you would need a situation where you get 16 games of Sam Darnold, you deal with a much lower than normal injury rate, which is not something Adam Gase's teams have ever been able to do, uh, and you win some games that people don't expect you to do. So, you know, you get a couple upsets on the road, on the West Coast, games where the Jets will likely be underdogs in Kansas City, in Seattle, uh, at LA, you know, a couple times. And, you know, maybe you get nine or 10 wins. Gase, you know, had did have a 10 win year, it was a long time ago. Uh, in a very different NFL, but it's not completely out of the question this team could sneak to nine or ten wins next year if everything breaks right. The problem is is that you just kind of need everything to break right, and that usually doesn't happen to NFL teams. And if that happens, it's very likely this team is six and nine or seven and eight going into their week's you know seventeen game next year at this time. Um, next question from Scott Holland: Fire Gase, promote Greg Williams to head coach, bring in a no AC like. Would, do you think this would be good and could it happen? No, I don't think it's going to happen. Unfortunately, Gase is going to be the head coach next year. Would I prefer this arrangement to the Jets' current arrangement? Yes, I would. I think uh, Greg Williams has been particularly impressive the past two years. I mean, you look what happened to Cleveland this year with Freddie Kitchens uh, as their head coach. I bet they are feeling they wish they kept Greg Williams. I just don't see this kind of transition happening, unfortunately. It seems like, you know, one of those things Jet fans you know, like to throw around, but it's not going to happen. You know, Case is going to be the head coach next year. Dow Loggins is going to be the offensive coordinator next year. Maybe they change their offensive line coach, but, you know, I don't know how much that ultimately moves the needle overall on what some of their problems were. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Uh, next question from James Toast. Any chance Douglas breaks, breaks the bank for guys like Scherf or Costanzo? I think they're going to be at the top of every Jet fan's wish list and probably at the top of the Jets' wish list too. This team... If there's a spot to break the bank at in the offseason, it's offensive line. Now, there's going to be a lot of competition for those guys, including from the teams who currently have them. You know, things like the franchise tag playing to affect free agent. You know, the list that you look at now always gets pared down a lot, right? Because teams try to keep their players, particularly at premium positions like offensive line. They use a franchise tag, they use a transition tag. Uh, so the market won't be quite as robust as it looks right now, but 
look, the first calls the Jets should be making when free agency opens should be the offensive linemen. Uh, Scherf and Costanzo are at the top of that list. Joe Thune from the Patriots is another guy who could improve their interior uh, overall unit. You know, the Jets need a new center. They need a new guard. Uh, it'd be nice for them to get another new tackle, too. Three new starters would be terrific. Easier said than done. Uh, but it is also likely a position they'll address very early in the NFL draft. Before we jump into the rest of your questions, want to remind you guys that if you are a brave soul traveling out to Buffalo, you should use Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for the events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Vivid Seats Rewards. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. When it's time to buy, new users should enter the code promo, sorry, the promo code OVERTIME at checkout. To receive a discount of up to $100, that's promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100 on the Vivid Seats app. Get those tickets. It's the holiday season. Could be a football game. Could be a basketball game. Could be a concert. Could be whatever. Vivid Seats, promo code OVERTIME. All right. A few more questions before we wrap here. From at Jets Juke, what spurred the profile picture change? I've gotten this question a few times. You know, I've had the same profile picture for like two years, I think even longer on Twitter and LinkedIn. And it's just like this crappy screen grab of an interview I did on Cheddar a while back uh, about some initiative we were doing at Whistle. And uh, it's got the Chiron there, makes it kind of look like I'm actually like on like a CNN or something when it's just Cheddar. But hey, it looked good. So I had it floating there for a while, but it was definitely outdated. And uh, my company... Yeah, this came up. I, I had a panel I had to do in London a couple of weeks ago and they asked for a headshot and I don't really have any headshots. And fortunately, we have a, a very good uh, design team and production team at Whistle uh, that was taking headshots for different people at our company. So I jumped in, got the red background uh, for our Whistle, got the picture done and had to update it. You know, can't have the screen grab from, uh, you know, two, three years ago up there forever. So, you know, change is good. It's a new year upcoming. You got to mix it up with the uh, Twitter and LinkedIn picture. Um, and we'll see if the, this one lasts as long as the last one. Probably not. Hopefully I could, you know, keep changing it every six to eight months. Uh, maybe I'll get a picture with Adam Gase uh, if I ever run into him. And that could be my next uh, profile picture. Next question from Mark Kolodikin. Jet starting offensive line predictions for 2020. I think it's very likely Alex Lewis is back as a starter. I would not be surprised if Kelvin Beecham is back as a starter. I think Chuma Adoga will probably be kept as a backup tackle. Beyond that, I think you'll see three new starters. One probably coming with the Jets' first-round pick, uh, and two probably coming through free agency. Maybe that's ambitious, but I think you'll see them very aggressively address the position and draft and free agency and hopefully do something that Buffalo did this past offseason where they just added a mess of different players, had a ton of competition, uh, and it shook out to work out really well for them. You know, they went out, they signed Mitch Morse, they drafted Cody Ford, they signed John Feliciano, they signed Quentin Spain, uh, they signed Spencer Long, who stinks and isn't playing for them. Uh, but they added all these guys, and ultimately it's netted out pretty well for them. Hopefully the Jets are equally aggressive at the top and mid-level of free agency. Uh, next question from Kevin Langan. 
What's the appropriate What's the appropriate amount to drink while you're at your in-laws' house? It's a tough, tough question around the holidays. It depends on your in-laws. It depends if you got some brother-in-laws or sister-in-laws who are happy to drink with you. You don't want to be the only drunk person at the holiday. That, that, that's embarrassing. You, you, you don't want that. You want to have a good, consistent pace. Uh, but usually you're eating enough during these days where it, it's hard to get that drunk. So you got to be really ambitious if uh, you're going to get yourself overserved. It's all about pacing. All about pacing. Yellow water in there every three or four drinks. Easy to lose track of that sometimes around the holidays. But, you know, keep it reasonable. You don't want to be caught drunk and ranting at the in-laws house because you're just going to get yourself in trouble. So, you know, stay safe out there around the holiday season. Um, next question from Alex Rosenweig, possibly a seven and nine in a lost season. Any credit to Gase? I think it's like what I said before. You know, Gase is good enough to not have the team completely bottom out, but he's not good enough to get the team over the hump. And that's kind of leaves you in no man's land. Uh, you kind of almost rather be really good or really bad. That way you could be closer to rebuilding. You know, Gase will have impressive games like he did against Dallas and Oakland. Uh, even though those teams kind of stink now, those were still really impressive games in my mind. But then he cancels them out by what he does against the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Jaguars. You know, you could say all you want. If the Jets beat three of the worst teams in the league this year, or even two of the three of them, they're playing for a wild card spot this week. And that's the difference between coaches who make the playoffs consistently and the difference between coaches who go seven and nine consistently. So he gets some credit for getting them to seven and nine, but why is seven and nine good? He's not a rookie head coach. This is his fourth straight year of being a head coach, third straight year of being under 500 and missing the playoffs. I'm kind of out of patience. This is going to be the 10th year of the Jets missing the playoffs. Uh, I don't know why they would not have a playoff mandate this year. Next year, it sounds like they won't. I just, you know, I'm not excited about going seven and nine or eight and eight. I'd like to win 10, 11 games and make the playoffs. I think they're overdue for it. So I can't get too excited about going seven and nine, especially if it's seven and nine, because they beat all the Bills backups this week. Uh, next question from Brian Coran. Anyway, Le'Veon is here next year. Um, it's not out of the question. I think he's going to be a hard guy to move. I don't think anyone's going to be anxious to take on that contract. It would have to be the right team with the right cap situation. I don't think people are going to doubt his talent or ability to help an offense. And I think if he goes somewhere else next year, he's going to be really good and used in a much more effective manner, especially if he goes to a team like a Kansas city or someone else who has some really creative play calling. I think the Jets are going to do everything in their power to trade him. The question is how much of their contract, how much of his contract are they willing to eat and how low are they willing to go on compensation? Are they going to just get rid of him for, you know, conditional fourth round pick and pay all that money out? And if they do, who's the running back next year? We know Gase doesn't want to use Ty Montgomery, Bilal Powell. I love him, but he's 700 years old. Uh, so if that ends up being the move, who's the running back next year? And then are we talking next December about how the Jets have no talent at running back? Uh, we'll see. I think it's 50-50 that he's back next year. I would not be surprised at all if he's traded. I think they're going to be trying like crazy to trade him. It's just a matter of if they can find the right partner. Next question from Timmy John. If the Bills played their starting squad the whole game, what would be your prediction? I think it would still be a pretty tight game. I'd take Buffalo at home in a close one. Low scoring, you're probably looking at like a, you know, similar to week one, a 17-14, 17-16 type game. Uh, you know, with Buffalo playing their backups, I think the Jets should probably win a low-scoring game, but I think it's going to be close regardless. All I know is low-scoring, hit the under, just like you should have for Jets-Steelers, just like you should have for Bills-Steelers, just like you should have for Bills-Pats. It will be a low-scoring one is ultimately what I expect. Next question from Scotty D. Seems like the loss of Ryan Griffin really impacted the offense. Darnold had a great connection with him. I think Gase would be wise to use a lot of Griffin and Herndon together. Thoughts? Yeah. 
I think Chris Herndon coming back will be a nice boost to this offense. Can Gase get creative enough uh, to mix in a lot of targets to those guys? Sure. Uh, you know, hopefully the Jets are also making some additions at receiver next year. Uh, but I think they're set at tight end, which is one of the positions they probably don't need to address this offseason. You figure Hernan's back, Griffin's back. You have Wesco, who's fine as a third-string tight end. Uh, and you really focus on either retooling running back or adding more at receiver, particularly if Robbie Anderson walks in free agency, because it's going to be a really aggressive market for him because his skill set is pretty unique on the outside. So the Jets are going to have to pay up, ultimately, if they want to end up with him. Um, next question from Sean Stalker. How can Gase be so effective to script the opening drive yet be incapable of making any in-game adjustments even after halftime? It's a great question and one that's played Adam Gase's entire career. Uh, he is just not good at counterpunching when a defense adjusts. He, and I think that plays into kind of being stubborn with your system and your strategy and your play calling. But it's a real problem, and it's going to continue to rear its ugly head when the Jets play good coaching staffs, which they're going to play a lot of next year, from Kyle Shanahan, Pete Carroll, to Andy Reid, uh, to Sean McVay. You know, these guys are going to counter and adjust, and the Jets have to be able to do the same, or they're going to score one or two touchdowns every single week, and that's a recipe to go – Seven and nine every year, if you have a great defense. If you don't have a great defense, then it's a recipe to go four and 12 every year. All right. Last question from Sam Cooper Smith. Is it me or has Ryan Tannehill improved since been separated from Adam Gase? He has improved. He leads the league in yards per attempt, and Tennessee's probably going to make the playoffs, and he's going to get a new contract for them. Devontae Parker has also improved. Kenyon Drake also seems to have improved at least the last two weeks. Mike Gusecki has improved. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick seems to have improved to an extent. Gase Freedom Watch is a real thing, uh, unfortunately. Uh, we'll see how, how sustainable it is. But, yeah, I mean, look, it, whenever you watch Sam Darnold do something good, in my mind it's hard to not wonder how much better could he be with a different offensive coach or away from Gase. And it's hard not to think that when you watch Tannehill do what he's doing. All right, we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you, everybody, for your questions. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Whatever you celebrate, appreciate you listening to the podcast, engaging on Twitter, following TurnOnTheJets.com. Stay tuned on this feed for an announcement about what is upcoming next. Stay tuned on Twitter. Stay tuned on TurnOnTheJets.com. Big things coming in the new year from our site that we're really excited to uh, dive in and share with you guys. Thank you again, uh, and we'll talk in the new year.